Hello ladies, I'm here to do week three, day four. It's on page 52, titled, A Broken Family, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings. I'm going to go ahead and read 2 Samuel eleven twelve to start with, and then I'm going to go into the page reading and kind of pause and do scripture within it because of the way it's kind of laid out. Um, so 2 Samuel eleven twelve. 2 Samuel 11. In the spring, at the time when kings go out to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful. And David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, She is Bathsheba, the daughter of Gileon, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him, and he slept with her. Now she was purifying herself from her monthly uncleanness. Then she went back home. The woman conceived and sent word to David, saying, I am pregnant. So David sent this word to Joab. Send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent him to David. When Uriah came to him, David asked him how Joab was, how the soldiers were, and how the war was going. Then David said to Uriah, Go down to your house and wash your feet. So Uriah left the palace, and a gift from the king was sent after him. But Uriah slept at the entrance to the palace with all his master's servants and did not go down to his house. David was told, Uriah did not go home. So he asked Uriah, Haven't you just come from a military campaign? Why didn't you go home? Uriah said to David, The ark and Israel and Judah are staying in tents, and my commander Joab and my lord's men are camped in the open country. How could I go to my house to eat and drink and make love to my wife? As surely as you live, I will not do such a thing. Then David said to him, Stay here one more day, and tomorrow I will send you back. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day and the next. At David's invitation, he ate and drank with him, and David made him drunk. But in the evening, Uriah went out to sleep on his mat among his master's servants. He did not go home. In the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it with Uriah. In it he wrote, Put Uriah out in front where the fighting is fiercest. Then withdraw from him, so he will be struck down and die. So while Joab had the city under siege, he put Uriah at a place where he knew the strongest defenders were. When the men of the city came out and fought against Joab, some of the men in David's army fell. Moreover, Uriah the Hittite died. Joab sent David a full account of the battle. He instructed the messenger, When you have finished giving the king this account of the battle, The king's anger may flare up, and he may ask you, Why did you get so close to the city to fight? Didn't you know they would shoot arrows from the wall? Who killed Abimelech, son of Jerob-Beshet? Didn't a woman drop an upper millstone on him from the wall, so that he died in Thebes? Why did you get so close to the wall? If he asks you this, then say to him, Moreover, your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead. The messenger set out, and when he arrived, he told David everything Joab had sent him to say. 
the messengers said to David, The men overpowered us and came out against us in the open, but we drove them back to the entrance of the city gate. Then the archers shot arrows at your servants from the wall, and some of the king's men died. Moreover, your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead. David told the messenger, Say this to Joab, Don't let this upset you. The sword devours one as well as another. Press the attack against the city and destroy it. Say this to encourage Joab. When Uriah's wife heard that her husband was dead, she mourned for him. After the time of mourning was over, David had her brought to his house, and she became his wife, and bore him a son. But the thing David had done displeased the Lord. 2 Samuel 12 the Lord sent Nathan to David. When he came to him, he said, There were two men in a certain town, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb he had bought. He raised it, and it grew up with him and his children. It shared his food, drank from his cup, and even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who had come to him. Instead, he took the ewe lamb that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for the one who had come to him. David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, As surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. He must pay for that lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, You are the man. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you, and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you all Israel and Judah, and if all this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now therefore the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. This is what the Lord says. Out of your own household I am going to bring calamity on you. Before your very eyes I will take your wives and give them to one who is close to you, and he will sleep with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but I will do this thing in broad daylight before all Israel. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, The Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. But because by doing this you have shown utter contempt for the Lord, the son born to you will die. After Nathan had gone home, the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife had born to David, and he became ill. David pleaded with God for the child. He fasted and spent the nights lying in sackcloth on the ground. The elders of his household stood beside him to get him up from the ground, but he refused, and he would not eat any food with them. On the seventh day, the child died. David's attendants were afraid to tell him that the child was dead, for they thought, 
while the child was still living, he wouldn't listen to us when we spoke to him. How can we now tell him the child is dead? He may do something desperate. David noticed that his attendants were whispering among themselves, and he realized the child was dead. Is the child dead? he asked. Yes, they replied. He is dead. Then David got up from the ground. After he had washed, put on lotions, and changed his clothes, he went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he went to his own house, and at his request, they served him food, and he ate. His attendants asked him, Why are you acting this way? While the child was alive, you fasted and wept. But now that the child is dead, you get up and eat. He answered, While the child was still alive, I fasted and wept. I thought, who knows? The Lord may be gracious to me and let the child live. But now that he is dead, why should I go on fasting? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him, but he will not return to me. Then David comforted his wife Bathsheba, and he went to her and made love to her. She gave birth to a son, and they named him Solomon. The Lord loved him, and because the Lord loved him, he sent word through Nathan the prophet to name him Jedidiah. Meanwhile, Joab fought against Rabbah of the Ammonites and captured the royal citadel. Joab then sent messengers to David, saying, I have fought against Rabbah and taken its water supply. Now muster the rest of the troops and besiege the city and capture it. Otherwise, I will take the city, and it will be named after me. So David mustered the entire army and went to Rabbah and attacked and captured it. David took the crown from their king's head, and it was placed on his own head. It weighed a talent of gold, and it was set with precious stones. David took a great quantity of plunder from the city and brought out the people who were there, consigning them to labor with saws and with iron picks and axes, and he made them work at brick-making. David did this to all the Ammonite towns. Then he and his entire army returned to Jerusalem. Okay. So that was Second Samuel eleven twelve. Ooh, that was long. Um, now on page fifty three, just a few chapters after the triumph of the Devonic Covenant, we find the fall of the king and the consequences of sin. In the first chapters after the covenant, we see the victories of David. But when we come to chapter eleven, we see him at home when he should have been at war with his army. It is then that the David sees Bathsheba, and his heart is filled with lust. In an abuse of his power and influence, he calls for her and commits adultery with her while her husband is in the battlefield. But sin always takes you farther than you intend to go, and soon David finds out that she is pregnant, and now he chooses to cover it up. He brings Bathsheba's husband home from the battle, but his plan fails. In the end, he kills Uriah by intentionally placing him at the front of the battlefield. The prophet Nathan gives a a stunning illustration of what David has done and then declares to David, you are the man. David's sins would bring great consequences, but unlike Saul had before, David is broken by his sin and turns his heart back to the Lord. The consequences will still come, but God would remain faithful. The promises that God had made to David in chapter 7 were firm and secure despite the sin of David. The promises were based on who God is and not what, Ga- well, not what David did. David is succeeded by his son Solomon, and through Solomon, 
was known for his and those Solomon was known for his judicial wisdom in governing the people of Israel as well as building a gorgeous temple his personal life was full of trouble Solomon's heart was led away from the Lord 1 Kings 10 through 11 in contrast to Deuteronomy 17 14 through 20 are sobering and shocking as we see that God had set forth clear commands for how a king of Israel was to behave and Solomon rejected the law of God in favor of his own desires and pursuit and pursuits. God said that the king was not to acquire many horses and specifically not to go to Egypt to acquire horses. But Solomon had done just that. God had commanded that the king should not acquire many wives. But Solomon would have 700 wives and 300 concubines. And those women would pull his heart away from the Lord. A king was supposed to have a heart of gold, but Solomon's decisions had taken him far from the Lord, and there would be great great consequences to pay. The lives of David and Solomon remind us of our weakness as fallen humans. We are so prone to sin. David was a man after God's own heart, and yet we see him committing sin that leaves us stunned and speechless. Solomon built the most magnificent temple for God, and yet we see his heart turned from the Lord by his wives. And yet through it all, God is faithful. God has not forgotten his covenant. There would be consequences to pay, but God was going to do what he had promised. And really, this has been the story of scripture so far. And it is the story of our lives as well. We are weak. We sin. We fail. We are broken. And yet God is ever strong, holy, and faithful to bring about every word. Of his promise. Question one. God used these broken men to accomplish great things and to establish the line of the Messiah. How does that engage you to know that God can use you? Question two. David's response to his sin was brokenness and repentance. What does this teach you about how we should respond to our own sin? And question three. Compare 1 Kings 10 through 11 with Deuteronomy 17. What did Solomon do that was against the commands for how a king should live? End of day four.